RTHK, the news at 11 with Sean Kennedy. Tonight's headlines. An infectious disease expert says China's COVID strategy should focus on ensuring infected patients don't suffer from serious illness. The head of the IMF says China's decision to lift COVID rule, some COVID rules will stimulate economic growth on the mainland and beyond. And the health secretary says it's too early to think about dropping the Leave Home Safe app and active vaccine, vaccine pass checks. Mainland infectious diseases expert Zhong Nanshan has said China's COVID strategy should now switch from preventing transmission to making sure those infected don't suffer from serious illness. He said the mainland's infection control had achieved remarkable results in the past two years, noting that infection numbers and deaths are far lower than in other countries. Professor Zhong noted that symptoms caused by the prevalent Omicron variant are on average less severe than those associated with older variants. He was speaking at a live-streamed academic conference. While the expert said infection control must be maintained, he noted that it could have social and economic consequences if overdone. The managing director of the IMF says China's decision to lift many of its COVID regulations will stimulate economic growth inside China and beyond. Kristalina Georgieva was speaking during a visit to eastern China. She praised Beijing's decision to move away from its long-standing COVID strategy. Combined with uh, steps China intends to pursue for more broad-based vaccinations, provision of antiviral treatment, all of this is very good for the Chinese people, but it is also important for Asia and the rest of the world. The daily COVID caseload here remains above the 10,000 mark for the third straight day. Health officials reported 13,924 new infections, including nearly 650 imported cases. 23 more COVID patients have died. The Health Secretary, Lo Chong Mao, says the use of the Leave Home Safe app and active vaccine pass checks must remain. That's despite mainland officials announcing citizens no longer have to show a green health code to enter public buildings and spaces except for hospitals and schools. At a LegCo panel meeting, Professor Lo said the SAR government would not blindly follow COVID measures adopted by the mainland. We do have alignments with the mainland that we would not simply follow every measure adopted by the mainland or vice versa. Every place has its own anti-epidemic policies. Even with the announcements of the 10 new measures in the mainland, you have to understand that in terms of our policy, we will not follow it blindly. And also among the 10 new measures, there are many things which are of a different context in Hong Kong. Even with the requirements of health court that removed we have to consider our own situation uh, independently. And there are no such thing as um, the psychological uh, threshold or, uh, or obstacles. Roundtable lawmaker Michael Teen said, however, that there's no justification for the government to continue the Leave Home Safe app in force. In a lot of cases where you don't need the uh, vaccination pass, those are all situations where you are required to wear a mask. Ever since they established the rule that you need to do the leave home safe, basically, if you look at the law enforcement, it's been minimal. So it's basically something that is uh, a nuisance and a disturbance. And perception-wise, it gives people an impression that government wants to hang on to something that they have no intention of enforcing. A nurse has been jailed for four years after pleading guilty to drugging her ex-boyfriend and stabbing him in the neck. 
The district court heard that O Shok Lam committed the offence in March last year when she mixed sleeping pills into some lemon tea for the man. She also stabbed him with a fruit knife. The court said that as a nurse, the defendant should know she could have killed the man, adding the fact that she planned the attack in advance was an aggravating factor. And Financial Services Secretary Christopher Hoy says property market cooling measures still have value even as data shows home prices dropped 10.5% in the first 10 months of the year. The minister told RTHK that while interest rate hikes would definitely dampen demand for flats, the market is also affected by factors such as the wider economy and people's incomes. Mr Hoy said the government needs to consider a range of factors before deciding whether measures, cooling measures should be lifted. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is coming up to five minutes past 11. A former staff member at a Prince Edward foster home has been jailed for 15 months. She was convicted after trial of abusing a number of toddlers under her care. Kowloon City Court heard that Lee Wai Man, 24, had committed nine counts of ill-treatment or neglect between November and December last year at the children's residential home run by the Hong Kong Society for the Protection of Children. Magistrate Andrew Mock said Lee had used violence on young children and described what she did as despicable. The Transport Department has appealed to drivers to pay attention to directional signs ahead of the opening of a new tunnel that connects Chungkwano and Lam Tin at 8am on Sunday. Chief Transport Officer Daniel Hu said the new route should divert some of the traffic from the existing Chungkwano tunnel, which will become toll-free from 12am on Sunday. He called on motorists to drive safely. The traffic on the Liu roads is expected to be busy in early stage after the commissioning of the new Chungkwano Lam Tin tunnel. Motors to and from the Zhuangguanou are advised to choose their driving routings, including the existing Zhuangguanou tunnel, based on the actual traffic situation and their destination. The transport department has already erected directional signs to facilitate the motors. The motors are also reminded to reduce the speed and drive safely at the Liu roundabout and junction of the Liu roads. The government says it plans to change laws to mandate electric cars to install an audible alert system because they go, they're too quiet when they're driven at low speeds. It noted that pedestrians may not be able to tell actual traffic conditions because of this. In papers submitted to LegCo, the Transport Department says it wants to require electric cars to have installed an acoustic vehicle alert system that creates the sound of up to 75 decibels. Car owners who don't install the system after one year of the amended law taking effect could face up to six months behind bars. Turning overseas, President Biden faces criticism over the decision to free a notorious Russian arms dealer in return for the American basketball star Brittany Griner. The Republican congressional leader Kevin McCarthy said the release of Victor Bolt, widely known as the Merchant of Death, was a gift to the Russian leader Vladimir Putin and put American lives at risk. There's also been criticism that the former U.S. Marine Paul Whelan, who's in jail in Russia for alleged espionage, was not included in the prison swap. At a news conference, President Biden said work to release him would continue. Reuniting this Americans with their loved ones remains a priority, a priority for my administration, every person in my administration involved in this. And we're going to continue to work to bring home every American who continues to endure such an injustice. This work is not easy. Negotiations are always difficult. There are never any guarantees. But it's my job as President of the United States to make the hard calls and protect American citizens everywhere in the world, anywhere in the world. 
Meanwhile, President Putin's spokesman said it would be wrong to see the prisoner exchange as a step towards alleviating the current crisis in U.S.-Russian relations, which Dmitry Peskov described as pitiful. The basketball player Brittany Griner has arrived back in Texas after the exchange in Abu Dhabi. The Russian arms dealer Viktor Boat landed in Russia overnight. One of Russia's most prominent opposition politicians has been sentenced to eight and a half years in prison. Ilya Yashin was found guilty of spreading what the authorities claim is false information about the war in Ukraine. From Moscow, here's the BBC's Steve Rosenberg. Ilya Yashin is one of the few high-profile opposition politicians who stayed in Russia, despite the Kremlin crackdown on its critics. He was prosecuted for comments he made in a live stream about alleged Russian war crimes in the Ukrainian town of Bucha. Under a draconian law adopted this year, the court found him guilty of spreading false information about the Russian armed forces. The judge sentenced him to eight and a half years in prison. He and his supporters have condemned this trial as politically motivated. The Russian authorities say they've put out the fire that devastated a huge shopping centre near Moscow. One person is said to have been killed. The fire broke out in the early hours of the morning and spread over an area of more than 7,000 square metres. Footage showed several explosions and a huge column of black smoke above the mega Kimki complex. The cause of the blaze is not known. Initial reports spoke of possible arson, but officials have subsequently been quoted as saying safety, safety violations are a likelier cause. Police in Bangladesh say two leaders of the main opposition party have been charged with inciting and planning attacks on the police, including the use of crude bombs. Opposition supporters are already massing in a park in central Dhaka. The BBC's Anbarasan Etarajan reports. Police say Mirsa Fakrul Islam Alamgir, the General Secretary of the BNP, the Bangladesh Nationalist Party, and Mirza Abbas, a former minister, are being questioned in connection with a clash between security forces and opposition supporters on Wednesday. One opposition activist was killed and dozens injured in the violence. The BNP wants to hold a large rally in Dhaka on Saturday, demanding an interim administration ahead of the general election in January 2024. Prime Minister Sheikh Hasina's Awami League says it will not tolerate attempts to reduce Bangladesh to anarchy. The Japanese billionaire Yusaku Maizawa has announced the names of eight people who will join him for a journey around the moon. He's bought every seat for a planned lunar voyage in 2023 on a SpaceX rocket that is still under development. The BBC's Nick Marsh reports. This wasn't Yusaku Maizawa's initial plan. Two years ago, he wanted to find a girlfriend on a reality TV show and fly her to the moon. That idea was quietly dropped a few weeks later. And now, out of a supposed one million applicants, his celebrity crew is confirmed. It will include the South Korean pop star Top, the Japanese-American DJ Steve Aoki and Indian actor Dev Joshi. Though they may still have to wait a while. The flight is scheduled for next year but still hasn't received regulatory approval. Sport now and Portugal's preparations for tomorrow's World Cup quarterfinal have been disrupted by reports surrounding Cristiano Ronaldo. The country's football federation has been forced to deny that the former Manchester United star threatened to walk out of the tournament earlier this week. Portuguese media claim the five-time Ballon d'Or winner made the threat after being told he would not start in their last 16 match against Switzerland. In the previous game against South Korea, Ronaldo reacted angrily when he was substituted. More from the BBC's Maz Faruqi. 
Really quite astonishing language that they use. The FPF clarifying that at no time did the captain of the national team, Cristiano Ronaldo, threaten to leave the national team in Qatar. He's built up a unique track record every day at the service of the national team in his country, which must be respected and which attests the unquestionable degree of commitment to the national team. This, of course, comes off the back of him getting dropped to the bench for their 6-1 win over Switzerland in the last 16. We knew then perhaps that we're not entirely sure what his place within the team would be. Santos saying there is still a part for him to play, but whether or not that's the place in the starting 11, certainly with the captaincy as well. This statement, though, today from the FPF, obviously trying to play a straight bat to all those rumours, but it really is interesting, isn't it? All the noise surrounding Portugal at the moment. Portugal play Morocco for a place in the semi-finals at 11pm tomorrow. That match is followed by England against France. Raheem Sterling will return to the World Cup ahead of England's quarter-final. The Chelsea player flew back to London on Sunday after a break-in at his family home. He missed England's 3-0 win over Senegal in the last 16. Five-time World Cup winners Brazil have just kicked off the quarterfinals in Qatar against 2018 finalists Croatia. This game is followed by a match that rekindles a rivalry synonymous with the tournament when the Netherlands play Argentina. The Dutch thrashed the South Americans 4-0 in 1974, with Argentina exacting their revenge in the final in Buenos Aires four years later. Then there was a 90th-minute wonder goal from Dennis Bergkamp in 1998 that ended a deadlocked match with, with Argentina to put Holland through to the last four. Ahead of tonight's game... Dutch striker Memphis Depay was asked about that Bergkamp goal and where the latest instalment of the World Cup rivalry might be won and lost. That was an amazing moment for the country and what a goal. I mean, the game is going to be deciding moments. So yeah, if, you know, we believe we can catch a moment and go through, you know, we obviously want to play a good game. But yeah, there's going to be also a, a tactical game, I think. In cricket, England have been bowled out for just 281 runs after winning the toss and electing to bat in the second test against Pakistan in Multan. Ben Duckett and Ollie Pope made half-centuries. In reply, Pakistan were 107 for two, 7 for 2 at the close, with skipper Baba Azam unbeaten on 61 and sold Shaquille on 32, trailing by 174 runs. Victory in Multan would see England seal their first series win against Pakistan outside the UK in 22 years. Meanwhile, injury hit India go into their fi the final match of their one-day international series against Bangladesh in Chittagong tomorrow, facing the prospect of an unprecedented whitewash and without their skipper, Rohit Sharma. Bangladesh have already secured the series after winning the first two matches in Dhaka by one wicket and five runs. They've never defeated India in all three games of a series. And a reminder of our tops, and sorry, the weather. Fine but cool tomorrow morning with lows of 17 in urban areas, slightly lower in the new territories. It'll be dry during the day and it'll get up to about 23 degrees. Currently it's 18 degrees Celsius and the relative humidity is 67%. The news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 Shades of night are falling It's twilight time Out of the mist Your voice is calling Tis twilight time When purple colored curtains Mark the end of day I'll hear you My dear At twilight time 
And once again, a very good evening to you. Thanks ever so much for sticking around and joining in our twilight time. 45 minutes of music from a bygone era. Something to sit back and relax to, especially if you've had a bit of a hard week. Plus, if you'd like a song, it's Radio Pete at Gmail. The first one off the block tonight is a song from Nat King Cole. Together at last at twilight time. Though your heart is aching Smile even though it's breaking When there are clouds in the sky You'll get by If you smile through your fear and sorrow Smile and maybe You'll see the sun come shining through For you Light up your face with gladness Hide every trace of sadness Although a tear Maybe ever so near That's the time you must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying You'll find that life is still worthwhile That's the time you must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile If you just smile Hola. 